Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Six percent of born again Christians in America tithe. 94% of Americans born again do not obey God. Is there something wrong with this picture? Now, because they don't, who does it affect? Well, number one, it affects them because you'll see in a moment God can't pour into your life what he wants to do. And number two, it affects the worldwide ministry of the church. There is a death in giving in the church in America. Only 4% of the American church today actually gives to the work of the ministry. These are astounding statistics. In today's message, Pastor Mark draws attention to these statistics and reminds us of who ultimately is affected when we don't give to the Lord's work. We are. God won't pour into our lives as he promises to in Malachi if we refuse to give. If we will give, he promises to pour out blessings that we can't even fathom. But remember that something else suffers when Christians don't give, the spreading of the gospel. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Why Church? Contribute and Receive Eternal Rewards. God holds us responsible to manage his resources. In other words, not only does everything I have belong to God, but I am going to give in response to God how I used it. So are you. Now, if I'm to be this manager and I'm responsible for everything he has, That means that I am going to give a response for how I use his money. Number three, God's work on earth is accomplished by giving Christians. God's work on earth is accomplished by giving Christians. Understand this. God could have looked down from heaven and said, here's my plan. When people become a Christian, the very next breath they take, they're going to heaven. And I'm going to use angels to go through the world and share the good news. And I'm not going to use people. I'm going to use angels. By the way, do you think angels sharing the good news would do better than humans? You should say yes. Because angels always obey. And they can go anywhere at any time. By the way, is God ever going to use angels to share the gospel? Yes. In the book of Revelation, he is. But God didn't say, you know, when I get this earth ready, 
and man sins and I provide a savior, I'm going to use angels to come and I'm not going to need man's money. I'm going to use my money. You know, in this town, we have a bank called the bank. Let me tell you where the bank is. It's up there. He owns everything. He is the bank. So God could have said to go and fulfill the great commission to make disciples everywhere. I'm going to use angels and I'm going to use my money. And he could have bypassed us all. Would he have been effective? Yes, very effective. Is that what he decided to do? No. Who did he decide to use? Raise your hand. Put your hand on your purse and your wallet. (laughs) Go ahead. Just reach for it. Whose money did he decide to use? It's mine. No, it's not yours. So God said, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to use angels. I'm not going to use my money from heaven. I'm going to use people and my money that's in the pockets of people on earth. That's how he did it. That's his plan. That's how we go to all the world. Now, when he gives us this, this responsibility, he, he gives us money and resources so that we can meet our needs, meet the needs of other people around us, expand the kingdom of God, have fun because the Bible says we can enjoy all things come from God and we can enjoy good things here. And lastly, we're to store up treasure in heaven. Now, why is giving so important? Why did Jesus talk about it? More than hardly anything else, more than heaven, more than hell, more than prayer. Why did he talk about it? Because of this. In Matthew 6, Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there's your heart. And no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Number four, don't Rob God and yourself by not giving back the tithe to God. In other words, God has some priorities, and he said to his people, I'm going to give these priorities, and this is going to keep my people straight in regard to giving. I'm going to show them how to give. I gave them 100%. I'm going to show them how to give back to me. I'm going to show them the starting point. I'm going to show them it's about their heart. It's not into ritual. I'm going to show them how to do this. Now, God designed for us three types of giving. God did this. The church didn't do this. This is in the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. First is called the tithe. We'll talk about this in detail in a moment. That's 10% of our income off the top. Second, offerings. Some of us, like we do with the missionaries, they will give 20 bucks a month or whatever to provide for a little kid because they can teach them the gospel. That's an offering. Alms to the poor. Things to your neighborhood. Or I drove out yesterday and one of the ladies is doing a run for cancer survivors or whatever and she had to pay her money into that. That's alms. Those are the three ways. Now, when When you hear the word tithe, that's a strange word to some people, but the tithe is simply 10% off the top, giving that back to God, and God lets us keep the other 90% to use appropriately. I believe that the Bible teaches tithing is the starting place for every Christian. It's actually one of God's tests to see if you and I will put him first. Let me explain how this works. And for those of you that are already angry that it's not a New Testament deal, relax, I'll get to you in a minute. Let's say you go to the mall and you see this line of people. 
and the television stations there, Channel 6 News, and you say to somebody, like, What's, what do the people line up for? Well, there's this billionaire that's announced that he, at 12 o'clock, is going to do this. He's, do what? Well, for every person that wants, he's going to give these people a $10,000 free under one stipulation. You know, well, yeah, what's the stipulation? Well, that next week, you give him back 10% of that. You mean the guy's going to give whoever wants $10,000 and next Friday all I have to give him back is 1000 Where do I get in line? That's it. By the way, would you get in line? If you could have $10,000 and only give back 1000 and have $9,000 with no strings attached, how many of you would get in line? The rest of you are like, da-da-da-da, something wrong. <laughs> sure you'd get in line. Why? I mean, where do you get a better deal than that? Hello? That's what the tithe is. God gave us 100%. He says, all I want back is what? 10%. And as Christians, we go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like a very good deal to me. <laughs> no, but you're the first one in line over at the mall. See, we have this, for some reason, and I don't really know what it is. So, some of you say, well, Pastor Mark, that tithe was Old Testament. You're right. Jesus did talk about in the New Testament. But then as we move through, let me just explain to you. As you go through the New Testament, the tithe was the minimum in the Old Testament. As you go through the New Testament, every example you see of giving in the New Testament far exceeds 10%. Always. In fact, it goes all the way to a point where God says, I want all of you. So those of you that are going to be, Pastor Mark, would you spend four or five weeks going through the Old Testament, New Testament, whether tithing is really good or not? No, I won't do that. I'll just say to you, if you don't believe in tithing, praise God. Your next option is 100%. He wants all of you. Am I right? You're going to see today I'm absolutely right. So don't argue. It's the starting point. Now, I'm going to show you some statistics in a moment to show you why Christians don't understand this. Recently, I was studying a little book, and and I love the illustration. Here's what the illustration is. Tithing is like the training wheels on a bike on the path of giving. How many remember when you were a kid, and you got a bike, and it didn't have training wheels, and you looked at it, and mom wanted you to get on, and you go, not a chance. I'm going to kill myself. Anyway, when dad put these on, then I'm able to what? I'm able to get on this sucker and go like crazy, man, because I can really go now because I got the training wheels on it. <laughs> Let me ask you, if the training wheels is the starting place for a Christian, 10%, it's the starting place, not the finishing place, on the road to giving, if it's the starting place, where are most Christians in the body of Christ, they're not even on the bike. They're not even on the bike. Look at Malachi. Let's read it. Then I'll give you some statistics. Malachi 3 says this. If you want to turn there, you can, or you can just follow me. Should people cheat or rob God? Yet God says, you've cheated me. And the people of Israel went, 
What? Are you kidding me, God? We never cheated you. Notice, what do you mean? When, God, did we ever cheat you? God's talking to the nation of Israel as a whole. They are always were to give the tithe. What does God say? He said, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. I said, Mark, are you telling me that I owe God the 10%? It's exactly what I'm telling you. Well, now we're into legalism. No, we're not into legalism. It was understood. God said the first 10% off the top is due me. You can keep the other 90. In the world, we go, wow. Let me ask you, those of you that make a lot of money, if the government said to you, Maximum tax you would ever pay 10%, the rest you could have. How would you react right here now? Man, we'd be all over this place. But when God says, you owe me 10%, the reason, I want to see what your heart is. Will you obey me and then watch me do something with the other? And this is where we miss it. He says, you got 90 left. Watch what I can do in 90. Let me just say this to you this morning. God can do more with your 90 and my 90 than you can ever do with 100% if you live till 10,400 years. You can't outgive God. So what does he say? You now, he says, in fact, because you've cheated me, you're under a curse. I knew it. I knew that God was bad. Now, wait a minute. Whose fault is this? It's not God's fault. He said, you are under curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Look at me. The United States church has been cheating God for a long time. Well, is there a solution? Does God just come to him and say, by the way, this is very important. Almost forgot it. Does God know what you give? God doesn't know what I give. Really? God knows exactly what you give. By the way, if you look at your checkbook, you can tell how good a giver you are. In the New Testament, one day, Jesus was at the temple and the, the rich people were coming in and putting lots of money in the coffers. They make noise. Here comes the big giver. Jesus watched them. He didn't watch a little lady come by and she put two little coins in. Clink, 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 clink. He said, you know what? She's given more than all the rest. How do you know that? Number one, he was looking at what people gave. He knows what you give, but more importantly, he knows why you give. The lady gave everything. He said her gift is way more than the money, 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 because she gave with the right motive. So what is the response to the nation of Israel who's been cheating God? Here's his response. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, what is the storehouse? Well, the storehouse is simply, in the New Testament time, the church. Well, in the Old Testament, the priests, the pastors, the Levites, they weren't allowed to own land and so forth. So the money that came in was to buy them food. Notice, bring all the tithes in the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. I have great history with a father that was a pastor and a grandpa. I remember my grandpa's church and my dad's church. In the many, 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 many years ago, Instead of paying money because people were farmers, they would bring us eggs, they'd bring us chickens, they'd bring us homemade bread, 
That was their way of paying because they didn't have money. They gave us what they had. I remember those days. Those were special. Well, that's what was happening there. Notice what it says. God says, you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So here's what I believe, and this is what I practice, and this is what I taught our kids, my wife and I. The tithe, the 10% doesn't go to television programs and whatever that you enjoy. It comes to the church. I was very encouraged because I listened to Greg Laurie recently. He has a harvest.org. is a great website if you ever want to go listen to a lot of his stuff. He has a worldwide ministry. He's at Calvary Chapel. And he helps people from time to time will send in money because he has a daily radio program. And they'll say, here's our tithe. You know what they do? They send it back to the person. They said, don't send it to the radio program. Send it to your local church. You send us offerings if you feel you need to do that. I think God honors that. So your tithes don't go to TV. They go to where you're being fed, which is here. Notice what he says. Now, if you do that, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the window of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great. Remember, the bank, so great that you won't even have enough room to take it in. You think God could bless us beyond our wildest imagination? Yes. Then he says this, only time we see it in the Bible, and I'll preface it with the Balmer translation. Oh, you don't believe me, huh? God says, give me a shot at it, and you watch what I do. I'm going to challenge you later with this, so hold on. He says, try it, let me prove it to you. So what is the tithe? Tithing is God's way of getting each of us on the path of giving. It's God's way to get us on the path of giving. I'll have more to say to those of us that do tithe in a moment. Now, why did I say at the beginning of the service that 70% of the people in the United States don't know what God thinks about money? And those that do 70, 60, 80% of them don't obey God. Here's why. These statistics never change, really. It's amazing to me. In the United States, that's all I can speak about, most studies continue to indicate that people in America who call themselves Christians, and as you know, many, many people call themselves Christians who are not. We're not going to go into that. What do they give of their income to God? 2 to 3%. Christians, not non-Christians. Not people that come twice a year and throw 10 bucks in the offering. These are They give 2 to 3%. 2 to 3%. That's what they give. You say, well, that's my, we're lots of born-again people. We're, and you are. But look at the statistics for born-again Christians. Defined as exactly like we would. A person that asked Jesus Christ into their heart, believes in the Bible, knows Jesus Christ died for them, and are followers of Jesus Christ. Knowing that, when asked in this huge survey, how many of you born-again Christians tithe, look at the percent. Six percent of born-again Christians in America tithe. 94% of Americans born again do not obey God. Is there something wrong with this picture? Now, because they don't, who does it affect? Well, number one, it affects them because you'll see in a moment, God can't pour into your life what he wants to do. And number two, it affects the worldwide ministry of the church. It's not about buildings. It's not about square feet. It's about people. So God says, hey, get with the program. So I'm challenging you today, and you're going to see some wonderful things as we go through it. Now, let me ask you a question. Why don't people that know about this do it? Here's why. Listen, because they do not trust God. God says, you give to me 10% as a starting point. I'll open the windows of heaven and bless you. You give it to me. What do most Christians say is, 
Now, you wouldn't stand in front of me and say, well, I don't believe God. But by not obeying God, what are you saying? I don't believe God. I mean, that's terrible. Listen to my heart. After you die, you will stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. It's supposed to be a place of happiness and rewards. I don't want one person to go to the judgment seat of Christ, and when they walk away, they find me and say, Pastor Mark, God asked me about how I used his money. I didn't even know he'd asked the question. You never taught us. Oh, you taught us about gifts, and t- but you never mentioned God's money. Why didn't you do it? You cannot say today, you don't know what God thinks about money. What you do with it is not up to me. It's up to you. Write these things. Number one, just write down Luke 6.38 and 2 Corinthians 9.6. Just so you can look them up later. You can look up it later. Luke 6.38, 2 Corinthians 9.6. And by the way, I want this thing to go in your refrigerator. Second, if a husband and wife, you need to both initial this. You can do it now or later. I know what God thinks about money. See, by initialing this, you're saying, okay, I know. Now there's more to come. I'm not true, but you will know by the time we're done. I know. So you can't stand before God and say, I don't know. Yes, you will know. Absolutely will know. Number three, my weekly gross income is, let's say you make $1,000 a week. That'd be $52,000 a year, or $500 a week, or $10,000 a week. Doesn't matter. It's all relative. If you make $1,000 a week, gross, off the top, what is 10%? How's your math? How's your math? 100 bucks. So whose 100 bucks is that? It's got, and where does it come? Comes to the church. You're saying, Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? Now, if you have to ask whether you give off to the top or you give net or gross, you missed it. You always give to God first fruits, always off the top. If you don't, you gave the government first fruits. You don't want to do that. So you just do that, then you tithe and watch God provide. I'm going to challenge you more at the end. Don't you think about it? You say, well, this really doesn't have anything to do with me because I can't afford to tithe. Let me make another statement to you. You can't afford not to give to God. The joy of giving. So we're going to bypass that. I'll be back to it in a moment. Here we go. Now, number five, be generous with God and he will be generous with you. God is not a stingy God. He just incredibly blesses us. Be generous with God and he will be generous with you. Deuteronomy 8.18. Remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. God has promised to pour out a blessing on us if we dare to give to His work. Yet so many Christians don't give to the work of the Lord at all. In today's message, Pastor Mark challenged us with some pretty startling statistics. Only 2-3% to of Christians actually give to the Lord's work. That means 97-98% to of American Christians are not trusting God with their finances. How about you? Are you a conduit or a container? Will you trust God with your finances? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. God has many blessings for His people. That includes you and me. But if we're not givers to the Lord's work, God may withhold blessings from us. He will not allow us to prosper apart from giving the first fruits of our increase to Him. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark continues to challenge us to give. But not just our finances. He challenges us to give all of our lives to Him. Invest your life now and store up treasure in heaven. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurry